Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer and try Peloton risk-free with Peloton Rentals at onepeloton.com slash bike slash rentals. Hello and welcome to episode two of the Post Position Podcast. My name's Harrison Grimm. Uh, with me is Jack Connell as well. And today we got a very special guest. We got... Brandon Scooby Robinson. Brandon, what's up? For those who are not familiar with Brandon, I'm going to have him explain uh, what he does. Hey, y'all. What's going on? Brandon Scoopy Robinson, host of the Scoopy Radio podcast, 3.5 million streams last year. Anybody from the voice of Siri uh, to DJ Khaled to Jamal Crawford, who's still a free agent and needs to be signed. Uh, to, uh, you know, everybody in between. I'm also a senior writer at Basketball Society and senior writer at Heavy.com. Awesome. I'm super excited to have uh, Brandon on. He does phenomenal work. Um, he's a must-follow on Twitter. Uh, we got a bunch of questions lined up for him today. So, Jack, I'm going to have you kick it off. All right, awesome. So, uh, let's get into it. One of the first things that's kind of sparked the NBA this week is kind of the resurgence after a lackluster start by Los Angeles Lakers led by LeBron James and Anthony Davis. So as AD has been dominating, would you say he is the man there now? Is he, is that his team? Has he taken that from LeBron? No, I don't think he's taken it. I think there, it's a collaborative effort. Um, and I talked to AD last week uh, in Chicago <clears throat> and, uh, you know, I talked to him about the pick and roll and, uh, you know, he said that, you know, the thing that's kind of amazing about he and LeBron is that, Basically, they're not even who they're supposed to be yet. He said that LeBron characterized it as uh, you know, LeBron is peanut. They're more peanut butter and banana than they are peanut butter and jelly. They're not there yet, and um, I think that collaboratively they they need each other. You know, Anthony Davis came out of a situation uh, in um, New Orleans that he wanted to get out of, and uh, found his way to Los Angeles with the Lakers. And you know, LeBron is in year two with the Lakers after you know an injury that. Uh, many would not have come back from as soon as he did. And uh, I think they have something to prove. This is the revenge season, if you will. But I, I think that it is their team. Um, but I think LeBron needed AD in order to make that work. But it's not just AD. You know, they're looking to get Kuz- well, Kuzma's back, but looking to get Rondo back. And, you know, you, you've got Danny Green, who was playing well in the Clippers game. They just couldn't win. Um, and then, you know, you you got other guys. Uh, you got Dwight Howard, uh, who, who's been playing well defensively. So, 
I think it's LeBron and AD's team. I don't think it's one or the other or one taking it from the other. Yeah, you know, uh, you definitely saw it in the, in the first game that they played uh, against the Clippers, I believe. Yeah, it was the Clippers, uh, where it was almost like LeBron was just uh, feeding Anthony Davis over and over. And you can tell, like, they're going to need some time to gel together. You know, it's got to be a mix of LeBron and AD. It can't just be LeBron feeding AD every time. And I definitely think that, you know, that's going to come uh, with time and, you know, as chemistry builds. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. I think um, over time they're going to figure it out. It takes time um, to, to build greatness. But I think their biggest competition in the NBA's Western Conference is the Clippers, who they lost to in during opening night a few weeks ago. And, and I'll add that um, you look at other teams in the Western Conference that are, are competitive, maybe not on their level, but it's kind of cool to see, um, you know, the, the, the Suns play well. Um, the, the, the Portland Trailblazers have kind of struggled a little bit. Uh, and you look at the Minnesota Timberwolves, that surprised many people the first couple of weeks, and Andrew Wiggins playing for something big. And, you know, so there's a lot of other teams in the Western Conference, Houston Rockets. Um, that are competitive, but I think many people just assume that it's going to be the Lakers and the Clippers when it's all said and done. And that's what's exciting about the NBA season. We really don't know who's going to go to the big chip. It's not a foregone conclusion. You know, LeBron, who played in Cleveland for years, and you know, in the Eastern Conference, and then on the Western Conference side, the Warriors. So they, it's not. It's not going to be those two teams this year unless something magical happens. Yeah. It's definitely been a major change in parity this year, and I think that's what's made the NBA so exciting. Now, on to our next thing. Now, you, I'll let you talk about more, but you were with Carmelo Anthony the other day, and he's expressed interest in obviously returning to the NBA. What teams would you say are a good fit for Melo? Um, I think a lot of teams are. I think you look at Philadelphia. Um, they're, they're intriguing. I still think they need some veteran uh, – some veterans there. Uh, <clears throat> I thought that Jamal Crawford would be a good fit over there, uh, particularly now with Ben Simmons being hurt and what have you. But uh, when you look at the the, the uh, teams that would benefit from him, I mean, Portland comes to mind. San Antonio comes to mind. The Los Angeles Lakers, as well as the Los Angeles Clippers, comes to, come to mind. Uh, the issue with the Lakers with Carmelo Anthony is – uh, from everybody that I have spoken to, uh, Andre Iguodala is expected to either be traded or some facet or, sign, or bought out of his contract with the Memphis Grizzlies. And so if that happens, the Lakers and the Clippers are going to be the two teams uh, mostly vying for him. But what if he doesn't get bought out? And what if uh, the Lakers don't get him? Say the Lakers get or say the Clippers get Iguodala, then who's on their radar? Uh, I had Chris Haynes on the Scoopy Radio podcast, and he said that J.R. Smith is a guy that the Lakers are paying attention to. Uh, concurrently, uh, Melo is somebody that is on their radar, uh, as well as Jamal Crawford. What I can say about Melo um, in that situation is um, I don't think that the interview that he did with Stephen A. Smith in the summertime put him in the best light. Um, and I've heard that from a couple of people. Uh, I think he was very honest. You don't want to look desperate. But at the same time, um, radio. I think the optics would make him – look good. Listen, the Lakers had interest in Carmelo Anthony last offseason and the two couldn't agree on anything because, um, you know, the Lakers were in a playoff position. Uh, but Melo and, and the Lakers were realistically looking to make a push. Um, a year later, we'll see what happens. But I, I just want to see Carmelo Anthony back on the floor. There's no reason why he should be playing. Yeah, for sure. I still think that, you know, he has a lot to give to any NBA team. Um, especially because he's only, I believe he's like 33, 34, you know, 35, 35. Um, yeah, he still has something left in the tank. Um, 
you know, it's, I think it's a similar situation to what Dwight Howard was going through. You know, he was once one of the best players in the league. Um, and he just has, and at the time Dwight didn't adapt to the NBA. Um, and I think Carmelo kind of went through something like that. You know, I do think that he got unshared blame, especially when he was with the Rockets. I don't, I don't, personally think he was a problem there and I think he can still give something to an NBA team and all it's going to take is for one NBA team to you know give him a chance and now we're seeing it with the Lakers and Dwight where Dwight's producing in a limited role and I definitely think Carmelo can do something like that yeah I just the only thing that I kind of disagree on is the the whole Dwight Howard mellow comparison I, I think that Dwight Howard had some personal things going on that carried over to the court the other thing is Dwight Howard dealt with injuries, and he still produced. Mm. Um, Dwight Howard was still a double-double threat when he played for Charlotte, when he played for the Wizards, uh, and then when he played for the Atlanta Hawks. And I think that with Melo, uh, it, it was more of a of a, um, a, a three-year circular window. You, you look at him waving his no-trade clause uh, when basically Phil Jackson w- was dogging him and wanted to trade Melo for a bag of chips and a soda, maybe. Um when you look at that situation with Melo, um, with, with with the Knicks when he left, he was in a situation where he went to the Oklahoma City Thunder, and um, basically uh, it was kind of he was kind of set up. He was asked about coming off the bench, and he's like, "I'm a starter." What do you expect somebody to say if you've been playing all your life? But the other detriment uh, that kind of hurt Melo uh, was was the fact that. You're in a Billy Donovan, Oklahoma City Thunder um, system. You guys can find uh, this article on Mello over at Heavy.com. I wrote it a day or two ago. I basically said that Mello was in a situation uh, with the Thunder where he wasn't the first option. It was it was clearly Russell Westbrook's team. Paul George was second, and then arguably Stephen Adams was third in command, and Mello was fourth. And he didn't shoot well. He basically scored, if I'm not mistaken, a lot of points off of off of rebounds. And, you know, he did hit a high volume of three-point shots. And then he gets into a situation where he leaves the Thunder. He goes, he's traded to the Hawks. And then the Hawks ended up sending him his jersey. He was waived. Then he goes to Houston, plays for 10 games. And if I'm not mistaken, he scored 28 points against the Brooklyn Nets in Brooklyn. Uh, but basically, that 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 for the first 10 games, Melo, last time he played was November 8th. Melo was in a situation in Houston where, you know, they had lost against the Lakers. They had lost some other games. They had they had gone on a losing streak, still ended up making the playoffs. And so you're looking at the last three years of just trades, perception, and more. Um, and I think that, you know, it almost – I won't compare the same situation. They're in two different lanes, but it's almost like a Colin Kaepernick – blackballed or Colin Kaepernick just perception situation. You see Colin Kaepernick was invited to a private workout with the NFL. It was announced uh, on Tuesday. But, you know, when people just perceive certain things and when it's put in the news into articles enough, you just begin to believe what people are feeding you. Melo can still play. Yeah, I think a team that actually would fit him great that you kind of mentioned is the Portland Trailblazers. I mean, the Trailblazers are a team that's looking to win now, and they've had a lot of injuries dealt to them recently, and they've lacked a lot of wing depth. I feel recently, and I feel like he's somebody that could contribute to their style of basketball. I think that's probably the place I think he would fit best. I don't know what you guys feel about that. Yeah, Portland, Portland, Portland would fit, but then there was some issue with. Uh, I think at the beginning of the season, Lillard was Damian Lillard was kind of vying for him and wanted him to play, and there was something going on where I guess it became a mute point, and, and then it was no longer a conversation. I can't remember, and I don't want to misspeak. Uh, but but I just think that, you know, with Melo, it has to be the right fit. 
He's further towards the end of his career than the beginning. LeBron is 34. He'll be 35 in, in December. Melo is 35. He'll be 36 uh, in, in May. Um, but, you know, you, it, it's just a situation at this point where it's got to be right fit. You know, you look at Vince Carter. You know, people make the comparison. Well, Vince Carter went to Atlanta, and now Atlanta's doing okay. You know, and then you can look at this situation with Jamal Crawford, where he went to Phoenix last season, and now Phoenix is playing well. You know, so should Melo have bit the bullet and maybe sound more like a Detroit Pistons last season? One could argue. Uh, it, it's just a, it's an interesting, precarious situation. Um, somebody uh, came on my podcast, uh, f- former uh, Slam Magazine writer, current ESPN uh, writer, producer, Scoop Jackson came on and said, you know, he feels like Melo is in a situation where maybe maybe he's too black in the sense of he's the only NBA player who has marched in actual marches in Baltimore. Um, and maybe certain people feel a certain way about that or he's too vocal. I don't know. Um, but it just seems like Melo's getting a raw deal. And, and then people want to bring it back to his days in Denver with George Carl and Jeff Zellick. And then Jeff Zellick became an assistant coach with the Houston Rockets. And then there was an issue where Jeff, I think Jeff Zellick left or something like that. And then, you know, uh, uh, you look at uh, Mike D'Antoni. He, you know, kind of waved off those thoughts that that weren't an issue. I think Melo coming to Houston may have bit him in the butt because he played under Mike D'Antoni. And that was his second stint with him, first playing with D'Antoni uh, with the Knicks. So it, it's just an interesting situation, man. And, and I feel for him. And I want to see him get on the team. Melo and I spoke after that interview. And, you know, I I won't talk about what we I won't put him on blast and talk about what we talk privately about. But I basically told him I'm pulling for you, man, and I and I want to see something come of it. And perhaps this is just growth. Um, I also think the NBA change the NBA has adjusted to a new style of play, and people always say Melo can't do it. Who wouldn't want a six eight guy who can score and mm-hmm. command a exactly. double team? Melo still does that. I, I mean, I'm rooting for him too. I think he deserves to be on an NBA roster compared to the other players that are on rosters that he is definitely better than. And I'm Hopefully, surely soon, we can see him on an NBA team once again. So, going to our next thing. So, one of the big teams that was kind of thought to make a next jump in the Eastern Conference this year was the Chicago Bulls, led by Zach Levine, Laurie Markin, and Wendell Carter and company, have started with a lackluster start. What do you feel is holding the Chicago Bulls back? Um, I was in Chicago all last week talking about that, that very thing. Um, I think part of it is... Um, Zach Levine can't do it by himself. So if it's not Zach Levine, then who? Uh, Larry Markadin, uh, there's something about him that, you know, he's a six, what, six, almost seven footer that, you know, can put the ball on the floor, uh, get to the basket, but he's hesitant at times. Uh, I'd like to see a more aggressive uh, Larry Markadin. But the other thing is um, Wendell Carter Jr., I feel it could be that second guy. Wendell told me over the summer, you know, that, that, um, one of the nicest guys uh, was was out there with him and and, and um, Ryan Archie Diacono and, and Kobe White. But um, being nice, I'd like to see that translate to being evil on the court, and I want to see him, you know, be dominant. Um, he told me last summer that you know offense an offensive uh, skill set is something he wants to add to his game. You know me for my defense. Uh, I was hurt last season. What what can I do to you know? He wants to take his situation to the next level and. His former teammate, current New York Nick uh, forward Bobby Porter, second that he, he told me that he, you know, he wants to see him be a terror uh, on the court. So I would like to see that. You added that he's young to that roster in the offseason. That was one of your key additions, um, but he's like a he's like a a, a three D almost, but really not. He's a he's a three four that has dribble, uh, but 
Uh, I, I like Kobe White on that team, man. And I think, you know, it's difficult because I'd like to see him off the ball and see Zach Levine manage the ball mm-hmm. more. Uh, and, and I think they just have a lot of young talent and they've already said that playoffs are their aspirations. Uh, you know, going into, uh, we're, I know we're taping, but going into tonight's game, the three and seven and 13th uh, in the NBA's Eastern Conference, they do play the New York Knicks uh, at the time of this recording tonight. Uh, we'll see if they can get that sympathy win. You know, if the Knicks were two and eight, um, you know, went out and, 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 and you know, Steve Mills had, had made some public statements about, you know, the first 10 games of the Knicks' season. So, you know, the, the Bulls to me, um, you know, I feel like they would be higher in the standings if the Heat weren't so good and nobody expected them to be as good as they were. You know, the Hawks, uh, you know, competitive early, you got to figure things out. You know, the Pistons, you know, they they added some pieces. Andre Drummond is a double-double threat. But, you know, when you look at take a cursory look at the NBA's Eastern Conference, the usual suspects are there. Um, the Celtics, the Bucks, the Raptors, um, the Sixers, and, and so, so on and so on. So, you know, it's going to be very interesting. It's not going to get any easier. It's still early, but you got a Cavaliers team that's in seventh place that destroyed the Knicks. And at the time of this recording, you know, have won two straight games and, you know, four and five in their in their last 10. They haven't played 10 games yet, but four and five in their last nine. So it's going to be interesting for the Bulls. And, and I think the Midwest has gotten that much better, too. So, yeah, I'm, I'm glad that you brought up the Eastern Conference as a whole. Um you know, you, you have those those top six teams, and maybe they're not in the order that most people expected them to be, but um, the Celtics, uh, the Bucks, the Raptors, the Sixers, the Pacers, um, and then you could throw the, the Heat or the Nets in that discussion. But the East is very, like, sneaky competitive, I feel like. And, and you're kind of seeing that, you know, obviously young teams like the Bulls that we just talked about, uh, the Atlanta Hawks, they, they aren't starting off so hot. And, yeah, um, yeah, it is a bit disappointing, but at the same time, you know, they're young teams, and I feel like either a team like the Hawks or the Bulls um, will pick up traction. And even if they don't, it's okay. You know, they have a lot in, in foundation. I love Wendell Carter. I'm glad you brought him up. He, he reminds me a lot of an Al Horford. Uh, Kobe White fell into their laps, which which was a great pick. Um, they, they definitely have a lot to look forward to in terms of the future. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I think Kobe White is somebody that I think that should be getting some more minutes down the court. He definitely has shown some flashes of his elite scoring ability. I mean, maybe it's just because of his youth and experience and lack of placement. I don't know, because you said he, you think he should be getting more off-ball time than handling the ball. But, I mean, I think he's somebody that should be getting some more minutes, hopefully. Maybe we'll see that as he progresses throughout the year. So the next thing I want to touch on, he kind of mentioned it briefly. The Knicks' ownership was talking briefly about Dave Fisdale, and there's rumblings that he could be getting fired very shortly or in the near future. Do you feel that is the right move for the next organization? I don't think um, – I think through 10 games, um, the Knicks are realistically who they were supposed to be. Um, and I think it's deeper than just firing the coach. You can't put a Band-Aid on a bullet wound. Um, I think the Knicks did not necessarily get what they expected. Um, Kyrie Irving did not, and Kyrie was never joining the Brooklyn, or excuse me, never joined the New York Knicks. I can tell you that in the affirmative. KD was more of the wild card. Um, and DeAndre Jordan left the Knicks and joined the Nets. That should tell you something. And DeAndre and Kevin Durant are friends. Um, 
all that being said, the Knicks made it seem like Kevin Durant or Kyrie Irving were beneath their privilege to even consider signing them when it was really those two guys who made the choice. And the Knicks did put a, a, a team together, but um, I'm rooting for Bobby Portis. I happen to like Bobby Portis. Alfred Payton, you added him. You know, you got Dennis Smith Jr. Um, last season. Basically, you're trying to make the argument that trading Chris Daps Porzingis was worth it, and right now it's not looking in that direction. Um, and so you look at, you know, guys like Steve Mills, Steve Mills, excuse me, who was the president of the Knicks. Uh, what I can tell you is um, that guy doesn't have necessarily the best track record when he's presided over the arrivals and departures of five Knicks coaches. And his overall record as team president is 165 and 337, including a 48 and 126 uh, records since taking the job over Phil Jackson in 2007. I'll say that again. Steve Mills has presided over the arrivals and departures of five Knicks coaches. His overall record as team president is 165 and 337, including a 48 and 126 record since taking the job over from Phil Jackson in 2007. That's ridiculous. I mean, this it, it kind of I don't want to draw too many parallels, but it reminds me a bit of the Washington Redskins and these two historic franchises in their respective sports have recently have just been terrible with no real great outlook in the future. And it's, just, it's really terrible to see because, I mean, that's a, it's a great city and a great franchise. And it seems like they've been ruined recently because of these decisions and what's been going on there. Yep. Scoop, let me ask you this, man. Um, now, the, the, the Knicks have a lot of problems. And when, when I say a lot of problems, I mean a lot of problems. But let, let's say you are the GM. You know, what's, like, what's the first step you would take to try and get the Knicks back to their former glory? Um. I think they had that opportunity in 2010 when they got Amari Stoudemire, and I think they should have waited mm. on Carmelo Anthony to be a free agent instead of drafting the whole young the youth movement to get Carmelo Anthony. That was their downfall. Interesting. Interesting point. So, to answer your question, I don't know. I don't. I don't. I think the, the correct answer is I don't know. Um, if you listen to Knicks fans. People feel that Dolan is the problem, okay? Well, if he's the problem, he owns the team. You can't force somebody to sell a team. And even if you sell a team, what does that what does that prove? You know, to me, mm-hmm. and I'm not comparing him to this, but that's, you know, Donald Trump is the president of the United States. When people make statements that Trump should be impeached, okay, he's impeached, but the vice president is Mike Pence. He still worked for President Trump. So on some levels, you're still going to have those remnants of Donald Trump if that's who you don't want in office. So to just sell mm-hmm. the team on Dolan's part or to get rid of Trump on that part, what do you really prove other than you don't have to look at them or hear their name on TV all the time? So exactly. that's a, that, that, if that's the option, okay. I'm not saying that. I'm just observing of what I see. Um, if the mm-hmm. issue is firing Steve Mills, okay, well, then you still have that roster. Um, you still got to eat that, okay? Yeah. Then, I mean, it, it's I, I I get I am a little flustered when people make the argument return to prominence and glory, because the '90s was where a lot of Knicks fans, you know, even before then, I mean, they haven't won a championship since the '70s. 
Um, they made an appearance in the NBA Finals in, in 94 against the Houston Rockets. Could have won or John Starks' inconsistency away from winning it, okay? You made you made an appearance in the Finals in 99 in a lockout shortened season against the, 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 um, the San Antonio Spurs. In between that, you've seen, uh, you know, anything from Antonio McDice to – to 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 Latrell Sprewell, to Marcus Canby, and more. Objectively speaking, um, I don't think returning to prominence from the '90s is the way to go. I think it's a facelift moving forward, and it starts with leadership. So, I think that you know Dolan is on Steve Mills is behind now because you brought in Fisdale when really and truly Mark Jackson should have been a guy they should have considered. And there were some reasons why Mark Jackson wasn't hired in the New York Knicks, some that I'm not at liberty to say publicly that I know. What I can say to you is um, I think that the Knicks for a long time shunned uh, away people who were former players that they should have hired. They should have been thought of hiring Patrick Ewing. You should have been thought of hiring Mark Jackson. I don't have a problem with David Fisdale. But David Fisdale had the opportunity to potentially uh, be the head coach of Charlotte Hornets. New York will turn in you in a minute. And uh, he's kind of seeing that now with all of the you know the rumors going out. If I'm Mark Jackson, I personally wouldn't um, become the head coach of the New York Knicks because you're he's Br- Brooklyn by way of Queens. Um, you know, he, everybody who's from here can't play there or can't coach there. Both, really. It takes a certain it takes a certain temperament. And so, you know, Mark Patrick Ewing went on to be the head coach of Georgetown. Better situation. He's a Knicks legend. He's a Knicks icon. Um, I, I think that the Knicks really, it, it starts with being more patient, as I stated before. Uh, I, I don't think they should have traded Danilo Gallinari and some of those other guys. I, I asked Danilo about that on the Scoopy Radio podcast. He said he and Amari Stoudemire talk about that all the time. Like, what if? Like, what if we didn't get traded and, and we could have stayed together? You know, the net, the Knicks were concerned about the Nets. The Nets put that daggone billboard in front of Madison Square Garden and, 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 and basically robbed the bank without a gun and made the Knicks trade all their assets to get Carmelo Anthony. And the Nets, in turn, got Darren Williams. It, it's just it's, – it's, it's, I don't think there's one thing that the Knicks can do. I think it's a myriad of things. And like I said, it starts with leadership. Mm-hmm. All right. So here's our ne- – um, the next big thing that's kind of been taking over the NBA recently – is load management and Kawhi Leonard continuing to do so in Los Angeles. Do you agree with load management, or is that something you feel should be in moderation? What is your stance on load management? I think everybody deserves a day off from work. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that load management you know, is needed when you're playing 82 games and you have injuries. I think what people don't realize about load management is this. I don't play an NBA team. I don't cover an NBA team on a day-to-day. But what I will tell you is in the last month, I have been been between Flint, Michigan, Orlando, Florida, Tampa, Florida, um, Los Angeles, California, Chicago, and in between I've been in Philadelphia twice from October 1st to November 1st. Mm-hmm. I'll say from till November 10th. Yeah, that, that, that's a great answer. You know, just like a lot of people forget that NBA players are human beings, you know, it's so simple, but you know, everyone needs a day off work. I think that's, that's a great comparison to things. And also um, the, the argument that, yeah, old players, you know, used to play 82 games and like a much more physical league. It's like, maybe so, but you know, we're, we're in the future now. We, we made advancements and um, medical technology. And I, I th- for me personally, I think the argument's silly. And I, th- I think load management is important, you know, depending on the player and their situation. I think the word load management is is a funny word for obvious reasons, but 
Uh, I, my mind stays in gutter at times. What I'll say is, I think that when you really look at what load management means, it's really workloads, right? So you go to practice, you're playing basketball games, you're getting on and off planes, you're doing media interviews. Listen, man, like I said, from, the, from October 1st to November 10th, I have been East Coast, West Coast, Midwest, and I had to take like breaks. Like I went to get massage therapy. I, I had to take naps. I was in different time zones. That's a lot. Yeah. And, I mean, you think about it from mm-hmm. this perspective. The Lakers, about a week ago, or two weeks ago, they went from L.A. They, they beginning of the season, they had all those home games. Even if you count the Clippers, they still played at Staples Center. They had all those games in L.A. They played the they played the um they played the Clippers. They played the Jazz. They played Charlotte. Right. Then a week later, they go on the road. They play against San Antonio. They play against Dallas. Then they go from Dallas to Chicago. As I told you before, I was at that game in, in, at the United Center. And the Bulls, I think, in the second quarter scored 36 points. And I was sitting there, and I was just watching LeBron. It was like he really had to, like, push himself um, in that game. And it was a look that he had, and I said, okay, he's about to take over. And they ended up winning the game. He hit a, he hit a, a buzzer beater in the second quarter to go in. I think they had a, the Bulls had a slight lead, and then they chipped away at it. Like, I just look at that Texas trip. You go from San Antonio, Dallas, Chicago. I look at Anthony Davis. During that trip, the day before they played the Bulls, he was doing media rounds. And, um, you know, he when he made that comment about, you know, I'm a free agent in this season, he, you know, the Lakers flew in a day early. He did his Nike rounds. He made that statement. He was moving around. If I'm not mistaken, he scored like 15 or 17 points. And I was with Anthony Davis's dad at the end of the game. He said, I'm happy for the win, but I needed him to score more points. Yeah, it's definitely – even just outside of basketball, they're doing so much in so many places very quickly. They need breaks. And a lot of people fail to realize that and think they're these superhumans that can do it all when in reality they're just like us. They get exhausted. They get tired. And it's something I think that should be continued to be done in the NBA. And hopefully people can realize that this is something that needs to happen to make sure these star players are staying healthy. They can last these entire seasons and they don't get hurt because they're playing a back-to-back against a team that's half across the country or something like that. You know what I mean? Yeah, we're on the same page. <laughs> all right. Um, mm-hmm. I think that is all we've got for today. Is you have anything coming up that you want to talk about, that you want to share? Um, No. I mean, Scooby Radio, you guys know where that is. Um, Heavy.com, Basketball Society. Um, We're just working, man, trying to make something out of nothing and, and just stay busy. That's it. I appreciate you guys having me on. What's uh, you want to share your Twitter for everybody? Uh, at Scoop B on Twitter, at Scoop underscore B on Instagram. And um, yeah, man, glad I could be on with you guys today. You guys are doing your thing. Thank you for having me, for real, for real. Of course, we love having you on. Also, for everybody, we are now on Apple Podcasts. We'll be sharing that out on our social medias at Post Position Pod. Be sure to leave five stars and subscribe. Thank you again for everything. Harry, any final comments? No, that's all. Uh, thank, thanks once again to Scoop B. He does phenomenal work. Definitely check out um, him and all of his work. Hey, guys, I'm going to listen to your podcast while I relax over load management. Scoop B Radio. Overtime. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. 
let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hello, this is Danny Pellegrino, host of the Everything Iconic podcast, and I'm here to tell you all about Splash Refresher because hydration is mandatory, but boring is not. Now, I love my water, but if I don't spice it up, I'm not going to finish what I took out of the fridge. That's why I love my Splash Refresher, which is flavorful, delicious, bright, hydrating, and zero calories. The wild berry flavor is my fave. No, wait. Is the pineapple mango flavor my fave? You know what? All five craveable Splash Refresher flavors are my fave because they're so delicious. So get hydrated and enjoy it with Splash Refresher. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. 